This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. We've got a uh, we've got one missing. We don't know where he is, so we're not going to wait for him. Oh, he's over here. Uh, he came by earlier. You, he's uh, in the closet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't make that joke. <laughs> yeah. Not that closet. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe. We uh we make fun of him about that because uh, we we've got a couple buddies that uh that we make fun of them say that they stalk a couple creators they don't like stalk them they just happen to go whenever they're like within fifty miles um, <laughs> and Ronnie Ronnie's like he's he's gonna be that guy for you Joe so I'm, okay. I'm, I'm gonna warn you if you ever, if you ever go to Missouri be careful I was just passing through Missouri last weekend were you. I was at Kansas City Comic Con. Oh yeah, oh, right. that's right. How, how did that go? That was fun. It was fun. It was a, a moderate crowd, but uh, a lot of people came by and talked to me, so it was always nice. Nice. And I had I had Paul Jenkins and uh, Frank Barbary with me, and I I made do. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty good company. Nah, they're, they're we had a good time. I'm sure. I'm sure. Now at uh, Heroes Con, was that your kids you had with you? That was five of my six kids and my wife with me. Wow! Holy moly! Yeah, yeah I have six kids, ages twenty to age ten. Wow. So this is a family affair. I guess kids. so. Well, <laughs> it was that weekend. <laughs> they all like going to Heroes Con, so I just took them all with yeah. me, and they, a couple of them hung out with me at the booth and helped out, and everybody else just played. Yeah, and that has to be extremely cool for them because when I was a kid, my dad was like the HR manager of a grocery store chain, and I I'd had I wanted nothing to do with going to work with him. It's very similar to working in comics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's Ronnie. Yeah, he's he's coming. He said he's in the uh, in the bathroom. That's his, that's his excuse. <laughs> take your time, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, take your time, Ronnie. You know what? We're gonna get started with Adam, and then we'll make him feel bad when he comes. Okay, sounds good. Um, I don't want to take too much of your time. Like, how much time do you have? Like, thirty minutes, forty-five minutes? That's not good. Let's just do what we can and just not cool. worry about it. That works for me. This is uh, the AfterShock Central podcast, episode number seven. I'm Martin. Jack is here. Hello. Ronnie's MIA. So uh, we figured, if Ronnie's not here, we need somebody really good that knows AfterShock. So what better person than Joe Pruitt? Hello, guys. Hey, Joe. How are you? Doing good today. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, for, uh, thanks for taking the time off on a Sunday to uh, uh, hang out with us fools. Not a problem at all. You guys have been very nice to uh, Aftershock and me in particular, so it's the least I can do. That's awesome. So I guess we can get rolling. Yeah, Jack? I, I, I'm going yep, off the top of good. my head. Jack actually wrote some questions. I, uh, I never prepare. So... I don't either. <laughs> Um, I, I, I've known your work for a while. I know you were with like Caliber and, um, you had Desperado was your, I guess your imprint image for a little bit. Uh, but how did you get rolling with Aftershock? How did that whole thing come about? Strange enough, Aftershock came about, uh, back in my Desperado days, I had one of my, but my Caliber projects optioned for film, um, through Mandalay Pictures. Mm-hmm. And the executive at Mandalay, who was so interesting, my character Kiroi is here, 
at the time was Lee Kramer, who is now the president of Aftershock Comics. That's awesome. And so when I was doing Desperado, when Desperado was kind of winding down, I, as you said, I had partnered with Image for a couple of years, went to Solo for a couple of years, and partnered with IDW for about five years, yeah. give or take. Um, it was kind of winding down, and I was thinking, what's the next course of action I want to do in comics? And at the time, what I had done is that me and a group of um, combo creating friends, who I shall not name, uh, but prominent creators in the business, we were actually kind of thrown about the idea of starting our new, our own image type comic, you know, a company that's owned by creators for creators, et cetera, et cetera. And so we were doing that for a little while talking about that idea. And at the time Lee had left Mandalay pictures and started his own production company. And one thing I remember having a lunch with him a few months earlier in LA, cause I always had lunch with Lee when I went out to LA, uh, even after, you know, the, um, Kuroi thing kind of went away. We used to remain friends. I remember him saying that he helped raise uh, finance for movies. Huh. And huh. so in the back of my mind just hit that one day. I said, hey, we need we this new company. We need to raise some financing. Lee has left his company, and he, he might need some IP. So it might be a good partnership there. So um, hmm. so he came in, and we, we talked to a few people, um, financiers on and off for a couple, I don't know, a year, two years. I'm not sure how long it was. And uh, every time we thought we are right at the door – to move forward, uh, something would always happen in the last second. Usually with the financiers decide they want to do a hospital takeover of the company. Mm-hmm. And so we walked away from them. And so it went a couple of years where Lee and I were, you know, kind of faded away from each other. And then I get a call from Lee one October and um, asked me if I was still interested in doing the combo company. And uh, Aftershock is what it became. Huh. That's pretty like, awesome. Yeah, like... <laughs> Within like five or six weeks, the company was up and going. Five wow. or six weeks after that con- that conversation, right? Wow. We didn't announce for another five months. Sure, sure, I guess. Sure. But uh, yeah, we were there at the stage, just get everything going before the announcement came out. Well, I mean, you were there, but you had to get some creators going, right? You you you've been in the business for quite a while, so I'm sure you had a pretty handy Rolodex with you. Oh, sure, sure. Like I said, I just started you know, a company, trying to start a company with a bunch of prominent creators. So, of course, I went out and grabbed a few of them. Again, not naming who it is. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so that first you know, month or so, that's what we did. I started reaching out to creators. who I, And I say, hey, we don't have the characters that Marvel DC does. So we definitely have mm-hmm. to take our mark with creator names. Right. Um, so I you know, reached out to you know, the Jimmy Pomigotti and Manic Connors of the World and the Paul Jenkins who I share studio space with, so that makes it pretty easy. Um, See, that makes out. sense. Because yeah. I know you, you and you and Paul worked together. Was it was on Caliber, right? Yeah, we worked in Caliber. Actually, Paul. You know, a little known fact is that Paul was my first editor ever in comics when he was at Tundra. Huh. Uh, he was an editor at Tundra back in the day, and Kuroi, before end of a Caliber, was at Tundra. And uh, was Tundra kind of faded away? Uh, it. I think actually Paul's one who recommended us to Caliber to move the property there. And then, then Gary Reed, who was the owner of Caliber at the time, uh, took it on. And then next thing I know, Gary and I know are still lifelong friends. And I became, I started negative burn at Caliber mm-hmm. then started recruiting talent to them, you know, bringing in like, before I got to Caliber, it was kind of a place where you start your career, move on. Uh, my goal was to make it a career, a place where you have your career and you come back and do your fun projects. So when I came to Caliber and I became eventually became the creative director, I reached out to the Garthenesses and the 
Mobius and the Alamores and No Gamins and say, hey, come do your fun stuff here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was a fun time until the distribution wars killed us in like 97, 98. But, uh, but yeah, so I reached out to Paul, reached out to Jimmy Amanda, reached out to Garth, um, reached out to you know, Brian Azarell and got them lined up. And strange enough, one of the first guys we were lining up back in the day was Warren Ellis. Um, but then uh, Warren had to back out of the time, but now we have Warren coming this year. So um, what comes around goes around. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, too, I realized that this is going to be a big deal and it wasn't going to be something that – I could or wanted to do by myself, so um, I saw Mike Marks got involved. Mike was one of my editors back when I used to write X-Men comics back in the early part of the 2000s, and I always had a great relationship with Mike, and uh, obviously since that time he had a pretty good run himself to become the X-Men group editor and then going to Batman group editor and then back to X-Men again. And uh, I said, no, I'll, I'll reach out to Mike, and he'll probably tell me no, but it didn't <laughs> hurt to ask. Like, that's my philosophy. I, I'm not afraid to ask anybody to do something. Sure. Uh, the worst they can tell me is no. Um, so I reached out to Mike, and uh, luckily enough, the conversation turned pretty well, and and now uh, he came on board with us. Yeah, that's awesome. He's, he's been around for forever, too. So it, that's, yeah. that's, that's one thing that we all enjoy. Like, you guys have such name recognition. Um, you know, like, I, I don't think there's a single book or single person working for the company whom I haven't heard from. Of before right. aftershock, right? Um, which I think says a lot, you know, because the, the comic book market's tough, especially for a new publisher. You know, you see them pop up all the time, but they're all very small. Uh, I mean, I mean, you guys are still small now, still, but sure. there, there's that name recognition, right. at least for me. Um, and it, especially once you pick up, you know, one or two books. And then you start saying, oh, well, I know this person. I used to love him when they did so-and-so, well, you know, whatever it is. Um, I, I know that's helped me spread the word a little bit within some of our friends. Um, because we, we all met through, like, Valiant Facebook groups, for example. Um, I, I've been a Valiant fan for forever. And then, you know, Jack and Ronnie came along. And we've gotten a lot of people started reading Aftershock because of that. Um and so it's it, it's kind of nice to see, like you know, I, I think the name recognition goes a long way. I think a lot of publishers maybe can't do that, and I'm I'm glad that you guys are able to do that. Well, it, it, like you said, it did get your attention, didn't it? Yeah, oh so yeah, for sure. You're not even just careers, like no, even like you know, bringing a Mike Martz on, boom, that was a big deal too. Right. We wanted mm-hmm. uh, one of Marvel's top editors to come, you know, work with us. Yeah. And, well, and, and, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I say no. I no, actually, you mentioned my Valiant. No, no, Mike Mars used to be an editor at Valiant. Sure. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, and again, you know, we got the name recognition creators, but then we bring Mike in when he you know joined us as well, you know, as a as a partner. Uh, you know, Mike has his Rolodex, so mm-hmm. you know, he he yeah. brought in the Marguerite, Marguerite Bennett's, so he brought in the uh, Adam Glasses for us, and and pretty much most every artist we have on our comics, you know, is somebody that Mike helped match up with the uh, writers. Right. So. Um, right. And then and the, Mike, of course, became the editor in chief, and so he, you know, he runs most of the line in that regard for story and everything, and make sure everything runs on time. So uh, yeah, I mean, again, I think we got the name talent, we got the name editor in chief. Um, yeah, just to piggyback off that, I don't know. Um, so I met you at, at uh, Heroes Con, right. which is actually uh, held by a, a local comics shop called Heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so- 
Justin Cross, I don't know if you met him, but he's the manager over there. Um, I was talking to him about you guys recently, and and he's a guy who like he doesn't sugarcoat anything. Um, and I think this is sort of a testimony to what you guys are doing. But like he's even been a little negative about Valiant when I've talked to him about them. Sure. Um, but he had a ton of good stuff to say about uh, about you guys, um, and largely for what you guys are saying. He says when he when when his, when customers come in there, they see the the name on the book. And they're already interested in it, so he doesn't have to do a lot of selling. Um, you know, and he made it sound like you guys are, I guess, from that aspect, are doing for your size are, are doing a lot of good things because okay. of recognition. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I'm glad he's doing that. Um, and I guess a lot of us, a lot of comic readers, we we like to follow creators. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Again, if you don't have the characters, and we don't have this you know, 75, 80 year history behind us yet, so we don't have the characters that you know unless we have to have the creators you know about instead. Mm-hmm. And they'll create new characters you know a lot. I want to talk a little bit about Black Eyed Kids. Okay. Because uh, I think right now that might be all of our favorites. It took yeah, Jack I'm, I'm shocked a, it, you want to talk about it. Yeah, well, you know, I have to. <laughs> it took Jack a little bit, uh, but now he's warmed up, and I think it's his favorite. Ronnie thinks it's uh, top ten of all books that he's Thank reading you. right now. Um, so how how'd you come up with the idea? Because I didn't even know about this until I started reading the book. It's it's an urban legend that I had not heard about until a few years ago, and I don't know where I actually I'd probably troll on the internet and they came across these urban legends for different states and I saw that and I said what the hell is that and I started looking into it and I said that is so creepy that I know I had a, knew I had a right story about it, so uh, I did a little bit of research on it and then then I kind of backed off the research I didn't want to be influenced too much by what other people are writing. I don't want to, you know, we consider I'm ripping somebody else off. Sure. Um, there's actually a really good book about a black eyed, uh, children. Let me grab it. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My David weather, weatherly. Uh, he sent me a copy of it too. I haven't read it yet, but I really want to, but I want to make sure I get my take on it down first before I start reading. But this is like true life events, stories of black eyed children in uh, real time. So, I'm very fascinated to read that, but also I'm very afraid to read it because it might be really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but David's been a big uh, a big fan of the book as well and supporting it, so that's great too. Uh, but yeah, it's just like an urban legend that I, it was so creepy and spooky and potentially, you know, you know, like no, it's Bigfoot, no, it's potentially real. Sure. Um, that I hope I never meet one. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> We uh, all do now. We all have that now, thanks to you, Joe. Yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> and I just want to do like you know a a real horror story without being a slasher story. Uh, I try not to put gore into it. I'm not saying there won't be occasional, you know, in your face something here and there. Which, but I don't like to do that. I rather do the Hitchcock type thing, which is more suggested than shown. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm having a great time writing it, and, and it actually writes itself. I mean, I, I might have an outline for you know a year's worth. It even today when I'm finishing up issue seven script, I had a page I was writing at the end of scene, and the next thing I know I'd added a game three pages, and the scene went someplace I wasn't expecting, but I liked it. I was like, wow, this is great, and I was this is not what I intended to do, but it wrote itself, <laughs> and I made it, it made it better in my mind. So hopefully you guys too. Oh yeah, one one thing I really enjoy is how cinematic it is. You know, what, what, every time we talk mm-hmm. about this book, uh, the one thing we bring up is you know Simon's pencils. Like, there's there's a lot of pages where there's very little dialogue, 
and it's very art heavy. And even though there are no words on that particular page, like you can still tell exactly what's going on, right? You don't need somebody giving you the inner dialogue or the inner monologue or you know any captions or anything like that. Like you know exactly what's happening. Um, I think he he's perfect for this book. I love oh, the art style. I love it. He's great. And they, as you said, it's like uh, it's like a movie to me. It's a movie in comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's all mood. And he does such a great job of setting that mood uh, that I don't have to really be concerned about that too much. And a lot of times I write scripts in the past. You know, the artists and, you know, artists don't have their own interpretations of scripts sometimes. Um, and I'm like, oh, you just changed the whole mood of that page or that scene by doing this or that. And But Simon just, no, he never takes anything away from me. He actually adds to it. So it's been a perfect combination in my mind. I'm so glad he was available for me. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I, I don't want you to spoil anything, so you can avoid the question. Okay. I do. I want. I'd like you to spoil some things. <laughs> but <laughs> like, do you, are we ever going to learn where these kids come from? Uh, yeah, I think you will. I'm not going to tell you when. Okay. But <laughs> hopefully, for it won't be for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I, I like to speculate that it's aliens. But it, it doesn't have to be. I'm good with it not being aliens. Well, yeah. If you go online and Google it, uh, you'll see all the different speculations of what they are. So oh. uh, aliens is definitely one of the prominent ones that people are guessing. Well, see, and the thing is, if you start researching, like, the myths, there are so many crazy people that are oh, talking yeah. about the Black Eyed Kids that I just I, I, I just can't do it, you know? Um, yeah, I try to avoid <laughs> doing that. I like, I like my story better. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say your story is by far the best thing I've read or seen with Black Eyed Kids because I went out and like I tried to find documentaries or like movies and things like that, and they're all just terrible. Yeah, I think there's a couple of short films. I haven't watched either one that I, but I've been told about. Yeah, don't watch them. Uh, there, there, there's two on, on Amazon Prime. I know that. Um, okay, and they're both pretty bad. But, well, uh, hopefully ours will be better. <laughs> yeah, Jack. You've got some questions. Yeah, so uh, Garrett Spellman, who's actually on the uh, big contributor on the, the Facebook fan group, um, has a question I thought was pretty good. He's, he wanted to know, what do you look for most while finding an artist? And uh, do the writers get to choose who it is? So I guess, like, uh, I guess just what's the vetting process like for all these A-list creative teams that you keep uh, so, landing? So in general, um, well, I look for an artist. You no, know, with Black Eyed Kids, artists, somebody who do mood. So, you no, know, Simon, you know, was great for that. But for other projects, we just saw artists are like, you know, why are there strong points? Uh, who the writer is? What's the story? You know, is this a sci-fi? Like, for instance, we use Rafflecut as an example. Uh, when we were doing that one with Paul Jenkins, and Andy Clark was recommended by Mike Martz. So Andy, somebody he had worked with at DC, who I didn't really, I wasn't really familiar with his work too much, but. The series itself is so much like an old 2000 AD Judge Dredd, like when Brian Ballin was doing it, mm-hmm. uh, tongue in cheek and also in a sci-fi humor and action. Uh, and Andy just wow, nailed it. He was perfect for that job. Now with Rough Riders, for instance, um, Pat, uh, Patrick Olaf, you no, know, because people might consider he's kind of old school. Uh, but when uh, Mike suggested him for the book, and and it'll be honest, he, he wasn't the first person we talked to about doing the book. Uh, the first person didn't really work out <clears throat> for one way or another, reason or another. But then um, 
when Patrick was offered, um, he came in. It was, it was perfect for it as well. Um, so we look for just people who a can tell a story, who are professional, who can you know turn a story in, um, and just who who can you know the personalities don't conflict with the writers. They have to be able to get along too. Because you know when people you know become friends and work on the book together, that's when the best books are done because they're they're just mm-hmm. off of each other. You know, making great comics. Was it was it a conscientious choice for you guys? Because I know you guys don't don't do writing submissions, but you do accept artist submissions for the company. Was that always a conscious choice, or is that something that's just come about because you guys kind of know the type of writing that you want for the company? Well, to start, you know, because we're still a young company, uh, we only have X amount of you know space where we can do our project we want to publish. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, we went and recruited the talent to launch us, which would be the talent you see today and the talent you know, that's coming up shortly. Um, we just don't have enough room to keep adding more and more. There's a lot of projects we've gotten that were saying, oh, that's really cool. We just can't do it now. Right. Or, or going back to my caliber days, you know, um, one thing I do, always do with caliber, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the anthology Nigger Burn I did yep. for a long time. Uh, which kind of made my career, but Negger Burn was a project, a series where I went to recruit, you know, the Brian Balls and the Neil Gaiman and everybody to do the book to sell it. But the backbone of the book was the new guys who were coming in, like the you know, well, number one had Mike Ringo and had Andrew Robinson's first, I think, published work ever was the cover to Negger Burn number one, um, and it was one of Ringo's first. Uh, we had John Cassidy, you know, might have been his first published work in Negger Burn. Um, you know, Brian Bendis back when he was, you know, a writer and an artist was in there a lot. And David Mack, uh, you know, Phil Hester, you know, a bunch of other guys who, you know, got their start there and moved on, uh, and came bigger, but it was the young guys who were the backbones. And that's how I feel like Abstract will eventually become as well. Again, at the beginning, we have to sell the book, the company and sell the books. So we need the, the established talent, but there's a few people like a Marguerite was a, a guy that Mark, Mike brought in highly recommended, um, a gal Mike brought in. I think I said guy, didn't I? Um, You're fun. <laughs> who brought in, uh, who he thought was going to be a rising star. And I, I think he was right on and nailed it there. I think she's not only doing insects with us, but now doing animosity, which has just blown up. Yeah. And, and the week it came out, which has been you know, a phenomenal situation for us. Um, and then people like, you know, Frank or um, Ray Fox and some guys who haven't had the big recognition yet. But definitely have the uh, potential to be the next big stars. Sure. Sure. So that's the same thing. Like I said, the model I use at Caliber is the model we're kind of using here as well. So we'll we'll have that opportunity for new writers, and uh, you know it's, it's easier for an artist to break in because the artist can just be tagged onto a sandwich writer. Mm-hmm. It's hard for a writer to break in because they have to sell the book. Um, is is Animosity now the highest selling title you guys have had? Um, I think probably. After this week, if you ask me that question, I'll say yes. <laughs> so. Well, congratulations. I saw the third printing announcement. So that's uh, mm-hmm. that's very cool to hear. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm very curious how long that's going to last. So uh, I, I anticipate a fourth printing on the horizon. Really? Wow. That's, wow. That's good. That's good. I mean, it's, 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 it's a fun book. It's a fun book. And it's different. Mm-hmm. It's different not only from what you guys do. And I think you guys do a, a really good job at tackling many different genres which is nice because I don't want to be reading capes and cows all the time as much as I love them. Sure. Um, but so that's nice. But even within like what you guys do, it's, it's so different. Um, and just from that first issue, like, you know, the direction of the book can be anything. 
um, which I always enjoy kind of guessing what's coming next. Because uh, sometimes, you know, you get tied, like, really invested in the story, but you can kind of tell what the next issue is going to be. Sure, um, sure. That, that's not always fun, right? You yeah, I love listening to you guys when you talk about Black Eyed Kids, because I think last week you mentioned what you like about the book, one of you guys said, um, is that after you read it, you, you don't just put it aside, you think about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I love listening to all your little guesses about, well, here's what I think happened here. Here's what I think this <laughs> I, that. I like that because that's what I wanted to do. It reminds me when I used to watch, you know, when Lost was out and Lost in Atlantica, and I watched an episode, and the fans would get so into it. I run after the episode and go to the message boards and say, "What did I miss? Or what did you guys see?" You know, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I just read. I didn't communicate. Yeah. But I was just so into the possibilities of what really was happening. Sure. That that's yeah. And that's what I hope Black Eyed Kids is doing, and that apparently you guys you know, are going that direction. So I like that a lot. Well, and the thing is, like, you know, coming from a Valiant community, like, that's kind of how it is because that's such a, a tight-knit shared universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys aren't doing the shared universe, um, but, you know, the, the community is still small. And so it's, it's very easy to get in a group and have a discussion. Um, we, we do, like, a, a private Slack chat, too, and I know the guys on there are very excited about talking uh, Aftershock. Um, and that's, that's one of the things, you know, like... It's nice to meet people with like mind. Back back when like you guys were doing Caliber, like there was none of that, right? Like <laughs> there was no internet, pretty much. Um, no, you're right. So it was it was very hard to to find mm-hmm. like minded people to to discuss and share these books. And now it's so easy, um, and I'm sure that helps you guys. Like even the jerks who might say you know nasty things about a book, like they're still talking about the book, right? And I think now there's so much more. Um, I guess visibility for everyone where right. even as hard as it is to bring a new publisher on, it's also much easier to spread the message, you know? I, mm-hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. And you know, in addition to that, I think, and this might not be in your long-term business plan, but having the, uh, what are you putting out about eight to 10 active titles right now? Does that sound about right? Per month. Uh, yeah, I'll say that. Um, we have, we have some more in the works that, we haven't scheduled yet, but yeah, yeah, that's it. So it's nice because, um, like, if there's a group of people interested in aftershock, you can sort of read everything without breaking the bank. Um, yeah, we want to. I think we want to keep that that way. Are you okay? That's what I wanted to ask you. Is there is that like a target number of titles that you want to be publishing at a time? And I don't think we sit down. I should say we'll, we'll only do this many, uh, but we want to keep it kind of compact. So um, I don't think we'll ever be, you know, a image company where we're doing i don't know how many they do a month 60 yeah at like least that. yeah <laughs> um i have no idea so i yeah, this don't want to get that way we'll make it work right. we build the community and we get that that point and then like you said people won't be able to pick up all our titles mm-hmm. <laughs> right it, any any big announcements coming up from you guys i know you got shipwreck coming out fairly soon yeah that's uh warren ellis and phil, phil hester whom i love both of those guys so i'm very excited for that um, what what's going to be the next? Uh, what's that? Alters coming up next. Well, Alters right? is coming up next. Yep. Paul Jenkins. That went to the printer this week. Nice. Awesome. How's the reception been for that so far from uh, distributors? Uh, it's been very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very happy with the numbers and stuff. So. <laughs> uh, I, I think it got, it got a lot of attention. Um, 
you know, and it got you know, a lot of good press. You know, it got negative stuff as well, but that's to be expected. And um, but no, I think I think the turnout for it has been great, and uh, I'm very very in- interested to see what it does once it hits the stands. Um, yeah, because I think it'll appeal to a lot of people. Yeah, is there any? I'll step out on a limb here. Is there any new, I don't know, titles, creators, or something we can break the news on? Or maybe TV, movie plans, anything like that? Uh, <laughs> uh, there are, are things. I guess no is an acceptable answer. I don't have permission to give you the <laughs> I had to at least try. That's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, there might be enough, something breaking it around your Comic-Con time. Nice. Um, and as far as film and TV, there's, there's always ongoing uh negotiations there as well and uh a lot of you know, a lot of interest in a lot of our titles um and i'll be happy to say black eyed kids have got a tremendous amount of interest and okay. so um That'd be a great one yeah i know it could be a film or a tv show i think it's a tv one of my parties thinks it's a film um <laughs> but we'll see and i i work out of a movie studio here in atlanta um mm-hmm. and so i think it'd be a great location to film the tv show <laughs> yeah. See, that's perfect. Well, they do Walking Dead around that area anyway, so yeah, yeah. you know, you I was, the infrastructure. Yeah, I was a zombie in Walking Dead the first. Yeah, episode. you were really episodes one and two. That's wow. awesome. Yeah, you can see me in episode <laughs> one. You can never see me in episode two, which kind of disappointed me because I was huh. right next to the actors. I was right next to people getting shot in the head with blood splattering on me, and you never see me. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. But the first episode, if I if I freeze flame it, I can show you where I'm at. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, I'll see if I can watch it tonight, frame by frame, and see if I can find <laughs> it. Yeah, but with the studio I'm at now, uh, I, I know uh, Fast Furious Eight just left. Um, Cat, parts of Captain America Three was filmed there. Uh, the Fifth Wave was filmed there. Okay. Walking J Parts One and Two, huh. Insurgent, Allegiant. Um, you know, several films too, so it's kind of fun. Yeah, Atlanta's kind of a hotbed for a lot of things right now. I was uh, I was pretty surprised because I'm I'm in South Carolina, so I'm not too far away. Yeah, um, yeah. But like before before a couple of years ago, like I didn't know there was so much going on there. Because um, I met boom. like yeah. I met like Robert Venditti, for example, and I got to talking with him. And like, there's a lot of writers in the area, a lot of artists, like movie stuff left and right. Yeah. Like it's crazy. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I took my daughters over to the Vampire Diaries set. Uh, one of my daughters, two of her friends, because she's a huge fan of the Vampire Diaries, so I, I got to take her on the sets, which were pretty elaborate, which I was pretty impressed by them. So I made uh, me dad for life, I guess. <laughs> hey, Ronnie, do you have any questions for Joe? Are you starstruck? Oh, I'm just listening, <laughs> gathering it all in. We interrupted the podcast to bring you on, and you don't even have a question? Oh, I didn't say I didn't have a question. Oh, okay. <laughs> I should bring you three um, guys and, to the Black Eyed Kids book, like the three, uh, what, the Lone Gunman from X-Files. That would be amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not saying you'll survive. But... Hey, that's hey, cool. That's I'm good with dying. I'm good with dying. Well, you know, we were talking about this, I think it was last episode, because um, Jack's got jackpot, so he's happy with that. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, Martin was in uh, The Revisionist, so I'm good with that. But now we need the Baron. So the, you know. I know I saw that I saw that the Baron. Okay, what's what we can do? <laughs> you can kill. You can be like a one-panel guy and just kill him off. That's gonna be the next Garth Ennis book, the Red Baron. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. 
Um, I don't have anything else. Well, I mean, I had one more question, but I don't, I don't want to ask it because um, I, I kind of know what happened. Want to know what happened to Lifespanners, but I don't know if you guys can talk about that or not. Um, I guess um, basically we just need to change artists. Okay. And uh, so reschedule it. So uh, that's what it comes down to. That's fair enough. Yeah. I, I'm excited. I'm a huge Tim Seeley fan. So. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a fun book. So, okay, so we're looking, we're looking probably, I don't know, spring, I would guess. That's cool. I'm not sure. I'm sure he's busy uh, over at DC anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely has that. So we're looking for getting it out. So hopefully it'll be worth the wait for everybody. I think it is. That's so. awesome. That's awesome. Anybody else want to ask Joe anything before we wrap up? I think I'm good. Awesome. I could ask probably questions the rest of the day, but. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. I, I appreciate you taking the time on a Sunday, Joe. That's uh, that's I, awesome I'll, of you. I, I don't ever get days off, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know the I mean, feeling. I'm sitting, yeah, I'm sitting here writing today, uh, which yeah. is a day off for me. So that's I don't write on company time. I yeah. write on my own time, so. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what now? Are you writing Black Eyed Kids? Yeah, I'm writing Black Eyed Kids right now. Cool. I'm, uh, and it's, I'm really happy with this one, too. You want to read a couple lines? <laughs> well, I'll give you some more quotes. I like what you guys. What was a couple of podcasts ago? You did the uh, "They're not vampires." Cool. Oh yeah, dude, that like, that yeah. quote was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I answered the question that some people were asking if they were vampires. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. The, the last issue, it seemed like well, there was four main scenes, and then every scene ended with some awesome Black Eyed Kid quote. I don't yeah. have it in front of me now, but was that oh, by yeah. design? Yeah, I just went to. I was ending a scene here with a black eye kid quote today and i've rewritten it three times so i want to make sure it's an awesome quote um i'm not sure if i'm still happy with it yet so i might have to change it again yeah if i, if I ever run into a real life black eyed kid and he doesn't have some like witty comment to make i'm going to be extremely disappointed <laughs> <laughs> well i think what i like to do is like no i, I miss having letter pages in the comics nobody ever sends letters anymore yeah. Uh, so I should do like a Black Eyed Kids letters page and just ask for people to send me letters or just comments, whatever. And I'll answer them in the uh, in the voice of the uh, Black Eyed Kid boy. Oh, King. wow. That would be amazing. <laughs> just be a smart that answer be... to everybody's answers. And, <laughs> uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. So I might do that. <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely do that. We'll write in. All right. We'll let you go, Joe. Get back to writing. It's been a pleasure. Okay. We do appreciate it. I appreciate having me on, and, and thanks for doing the podcast, and thanks for uh, the kind words about Aftershock, and uh, particularly my book. And uh, you guys are really putting the pressure on me to keep performing at a high level, so challenge <laughs> accepted. So hopefully <laughs> liking it. And uh, when I had the movie TV show uh, nailed down the contract, I'll let you guys know. Yes. Awesome. Now it will. <laughs> it will happen. <laughs> uh, thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. No problem. You guys take care. Bye-bye. This has been Aftershock Central Podcast. Again, we want to thank Joe for hanging out. I, I hope uh, you guys had fun. I know I had fun. Oh, yeah. I know Jack Good had times. fun. I don't know if Ronnie had fun. He's very quiet. I was having fun hiding in the closet. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, if he writes you into Black Eyed Kids as a kid in the closet... I'm going to flip my lid. <laughs> I will lose it. <laughs> Anyways, you can find us all on Twitter. Jack is at Jack Sutherland. Ronnie's at Ronbar316. And I am at Geekvine. The show is at AfterShockPod. And you can email us. Hello at NerdLegion.com. 
Until the next time. We lied to you. We apologize. We said we were reading Super Zero today, but we lied. We, we thought Joe was better. Yeah, well, we might have read it. We just didn't discuss it. Well, that's true. <laughs> you all have a good night. Ciao.